Hello, hello everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me as always is Zeke Baker and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. Aloha. Wow. I have you up loud. Well, you know, I, I try and be calm and collected, but we've had a good time tonight, so it, it may show. It has been a good time. It is a lot different from last week when you were falling asleep on the air. Hey, look, I mean, just because you spoke more than I did and I fell asleep, I can't help you have that, that, that tone to me. I know. My wife and you have something in common. <laughs> We are joined tonight by a special guest, someone, if you are in Middle Tennessee, you know and love this man. This man is the heart and soul, some people say it's Tarak, but we know the heart and soul behind Elixir Spirits is TJ. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. Like Minnie Pearl, I'm just so proud to be here. (laughs) Some of you may know TJ as more beam for me on Instagram. And this man lives, breathes, drinks beam. He's even in a Jim Beam t-shirt. He showed up. I am, I am. He showed up reading <laughs> the big man of bourbon. He he brought his uh oh, he brought beam straight up. Sorry. It's the not the, the Booker book. Not yet. I haven't got that one yet. But he showed up with the Jim Beam book. <laughs> and I said, I think you're getting too academic for us. And then TJ, if you're getting too academic for us. Oh, it, it might be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but this man knows. I mean, he's been sitting here all night, Zeke, and, and I love it. it we're, we're drinking and, and we're going to get into beams and we're going to talk about blinds and all the stuff we did with beam tonight. And we'll be drinking something. And all of a sudden, TJ goes, hey, did you know? Did you know this? Did you know that? When, when Beeb sent this stuff out, they would send out Booker's tasted notes and how to drink a bourbon. And like anything we did, he would just have a fact from a book. It's crazy how much this guy knows about Beeb. Lots of uh, lots of flyers, lots of curveballs. And as John said, um, he's emphatic about Beam to say the least. As, as soon as John posted the pics of uh, the, the Beam contributions, so to speak, my, my phone blew up and it was TJ. Hey, hey. Hey, now when y'all doing that? When when is this? We've been talking about doing an episode now. Now I think it's perfect one. When we gonna do it? Now what's going on? When when is it? Come on, let, let, let's get this locked down. So more than happy and and just privileged to to make all this happen and have a good time tonight for sure. Absolutely. And TJ, I I know that our fans, all two of them, have been very very excited for this episode. <laughs> But for the people around the Middle Tennessee area that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name's T.J. Young. I work down at Electric Spirits, which uh, is kind of the mecca uh, of Murray County. If, if you are a bourbon drinker or a spirits drinker in general, we tell folks we uh, we don't discriminate against good bourbon or good uh, spirits in general. I was, I was, of course, a customer there before. But anyway, <laughs> I, I've, uh, I've worked in retail all my life and, and, and working in the liquor business just always seemed like a, a great thing to do, and um, I finally got my opportunity, and, and I've really been able to fulfill my love for uh, dark brown water. <laughs> well, as long as Tarak shares, right? Oh, yeah, as long as Tarak shares, you know, that's the I, important part. I know he shares with everybody that goes into his <laughs> store, 
Now, is that ever, um, you know, because you're working, right, mm-hmm. while he's in there. He's giving away all this juice to everybody else that comes in. Do you ever get jealous? Uh, you know, I, I don't get jealous unless they finish something without me, a, a beer or something like that. And I'm like, man, I, I want to try that, see if the boysenberries really tasted like boysenberries. Or, the schnozberries yeah, taste the like schnozberries. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to also afford some let's just say advantages that you might not have had before in your retail career working at Elixir because you do get to try some of that stuff when distributors come in, also the bottles that that Tarek has out. You you could actually go and try some of those things and and have some of those bottles that you might not have had before, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've we've got a a fantastic customer base where – We've been able to taste Booker's Rye, which I had never even seen in person before, before I got to try it. And those are not things that, that, that made it to many liquor stores. They were they were a lot of on-premise uh, in restaurants. They, they were primarily a restaurant fair and not a, uh, a liquor store fair. So getting to try those unique things and, and try something that people have poured their heart and soul into, it's, it's just, it's really phenomenal to be able to do that. And as a beam guy, you probably loved the Booker's oh, Rye, man, right? Oh, man, it's wonderful. It's probably my favorite Booker's. Um, and, and I know that that's... You're really going out on a limb there, TJ. Well, you know, I haven't had a lot of Booker's. I, you know, I've thought about buying one, but but sometimes, you know, you, you get into this and, and I get caught up on, okay, I know this is here and we have this many, but we only have two bottles left of this, so I've got to grab one of these instead. Now, I might even buy a cheaper bottle just to know that I've got that bottle secure and I have it instead of buying that more expensive one that I know I can buy next week or the week after that. Now, have you tried the Little Book yet? I've tried the Little Book. You know, it, it's, it's really phenomenal. And, and one of my favorite things is it's just so unconventional. There's there's a lot going on. And it's been a while since I tasted it. And I can't remember specifically. But one of the, the best things I got on it was I've never tasted a whiskey that had tasted notes of vanilla ice cream on it. It was just, it was really wild to have that on there. And of course, out of the three people that tasted it, I was the only one that got vanilla ice cream because that's the way it goes down at Elixir. I got a Heath bar on that one. Yeah. yeah. It was almost like a Heath bar toffee candy crunch on that. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. I think the malted presence, it's a very good blend, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure distilling is one thing hard enough in and of itself, but to take you know three different products and, and blend them and put them in a, a ratio that yields that kind of profile, I mean, I give more kudos to that than, than distilling almost, honestly. Oh, yeah, and it, it was so sweet that, that I, I told folks, you know, um, or I told Tark anyway, that I'm pretty sure if Jim Beam came out with a candy, this is what it would taste like. Well, they do. I mean, if, if they came out with those bourbon balls, I mm-hmm. think they would have to use Little Book for it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. And, of course, in this matter, ridiculous is, is, a, is a good word. Again, let's go back to you for a second before we go into this Jim Beam. So, you know, you worked in the retail business, but are you a, a lifelong Tennessean? You know, tell the folks a little bit about oh. you know where where you grew up because mm-hmm. that's going to influence mm-hmm. a little bit of your bourbon taste as well. I, I grew up in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, all my life, and I've, I've grown up and I've lived within twenty miles of the same place my entire life. The first uh, bourbon I ever had was Wild Turkey. It was warm. It was a, it was a hot bottle. It was not my favorite thing. And the second bourbon I had was Jim Beam White Label. And at the time, I mixed it with Coke and I didn't think much about it. But 
But uh, Beam's always been kind of close to my heart. But uh, I think a lot of us mix Jim Beam with Coke oh, for oh, our yeah. first bourbon. Oh yeah. But uh, so I've always been around the area, and and uh, and I, I just uh, I love Tennessee, but but uh, Kentucky's pretty close to my heart as well with all the good stuff that's coming out of there. Yeah, your phone rang before we got on. You think there's any chance we could change that from Rocky Top to On On U of K? Oh, no way. Absolutely not. It's got to be Rocky Top all day. What What's Georgia's song, Zeke? <laughs> glory, glory to Georgia. Glory, glory to Georgia. Wait, your guy's song is I've Been Working on the Railroad? Glory, glory to Georgia and to hell with Tennessee. See, I always thought it was somewhere around. We don't worry about Kentucky. (laughs) Yeah, only only when you play basketball. I thought it was somewhere along the lines of who let the dogs out, but mainly that's because of all the uh, the Georgia players that have wore stripes in the last few years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I always say? You know why Tennessee fans wear orange, right? Because we look good in it. No, so you could go to the game on Saturday, go hunting on Sunday, and pick up trash on the side of the road on Monday. Hey, that, that's um, that's really really close to home, John. That's that's probably pretty close to fact. If you've never served your community, then you're not doing something right. Exactly. Speaking of serving your community, Jim Beam served us, and we want to thank the good folks at Jim Beam. They sent us four different bourbons. They sent us the white label, they sent us the black, they sent us the double oaked, and they sent us the distiller's cut. Now, we have already done distiller's cut on a show, and if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that one. Uh, It was one of our earlier shows where we had distiller's cut on, but us being the dads, we had to change it up a little bit. So, TJ was nice enough to bring a seven-year white label. So we swapped that out for the white label that they sent us. You also brought Beam's Choice, which is a discontinued charcoal filtered beam. And then I brought the 12 years uh, craft selection. So it is a regular Jim Beam, but is age 12 years old. So we have a seven year Jim Beam, a 12 year Jim Beam. I'll go through the tail of the tape on all of this, but what we did is we kind of assumed from our earlier stuff and and what we've done, we assumed that Distiller's Cut and the Craft 12-Year were probably going to be the best. So what we did was a blind. It was almost like a two-round, little round-robin thing here where we put the choice, the seven-year, the black, and the double-oaked up in a blind. And then the winner of that one, we are going to do a blind on that with the top three. And we are thinking the top three is whatever won that blind on the bottom, as well as the distiller's cut and the craft. Everybody good to go with that? I agree. Let's talk about the four that we had in the play-in game. And what we had was the choice. It was a five-year-old discontinued 40% ABV, 80-proof charcoal filtered bourbon. The white label seven-year, 80-proof, 40% ABV. That is also discontinued because it's no longer out of seven years. The black is a round six years, but non-age stated, 86-proof, 43% ABV. The double-oaked is a twice-barreled, 86-proof, 43% ABV, and four years old. The other thing I want to let you know is white label goes for about $17.99. The choice is going to be about $12.99 if you can still find it. The double oaked is going to be around $22.99. 
And the black is also going to be a $22.99. I'm going to tell you right now, before we even get into this, that the prices here, I don't think you can go wrong with buying any of these. I, I don't want to do buy, bar, or pass before we even drink it. At the prices here, I don't feel bad about anything. No, the only time somebody's going to complain if they uh, they just see the bottle and, and have a uh, their mind made up on what Jim Beam is or is not going into it. And that's when you really have some fun and just pour it in a cup for them and don't tell them. Then say, well, actually, what you drank was this thing right here. I think, TJ, you could probably speak to this. In recent years, the advent of the black, and and I really appreciate the new labels mm-hmm. that they did with Jim Beam in the recent years because I don't think the old black label actually did that bourbon the service that it deserved. I think they in the recent years, they've really classied up their labels, but the black came out, Double Oat came out over this past fall, Distiller's Cut came out. So those really affordable, you know, 25 and under bourbons, Jim Beam is really excelling and putting some other options out there, right? Right. Uh, you know, um, I, I've told folks over and over that, um, you know, black's just really hard to beat. But right now, if you can still get your hands on the Stiller's Cut, it's it's the best $20 bottle out there on the shelf. And, and I, I feel very confident in that statement. I think Zeke and I really like, now we put that one up. Mm-hmm against a store pick knob creek and a bookers it still held its own it didn't beat those two as we sometimes look for those value plays to come in but it still held its own right zeke yeah and i mean especially considering i mean obviously price but the variance in proof whether good or bad flavor profile you're going to get either the knob creek or the bookers as opposed to 100 proof that should legitimately be a pretty noticeable difference right on. Well, and the thing on that one too, right? The Knob Creek is going to be 120 proof. The Booker's I think we had was high, maybe 128 or I can't remember off the top of my head. I know it was over 125. So there was still a 20 proof at least gap between those. You know, a lot of these things, the double oaked is only four years old. That's something to think of here. The rest of this stuff, I mean, they're really good. About five, six years and under on these distillers cut, black, the the white label, and the uh, double oaked. A lot of good choices here, though, for a lot of good prices. And we did put that in a blind. I'm going to kind of peel the curtain back and say, so we had four of them. We all have the same order. I want to thank your brother, Andy, for pouring these for us. So a big shout out to him. That was a huge assist. We ended up with these as the choice was the first one we drank. The black was the second one we drank. Seven year was the third one we drank. And double oaked was the fourth one we drank. I should let you know that the only one I got right was the seven year. The only one Zeke got right was the choice. But TJ got every single one of these right. (laughs) And, you know, it doesn't do us any good saying that we only got one right, each of us, and and TJ got them all right. But this man knows his beam. Andy will attest to it. Zeke and I will attest to it. We did this completely blind. Andy poured these for us. And TJ got every single one of these right. And we didn't even have enough Glencairns for the first round. And we had to do these out of Dixie Cups. And TJ said, 
I thought you were going to pull a fast one on me because I really think these are tasting different, and he still got them all right. You know, uh, Bean has that, that underlying kind of nuttiness character. Sometimes you get bitter almonds on it, and other times you get peanuts on them. But once you've tasted them, they're always like a familiar friend. You, you can kind of go back and say, oh, yeah, this is this is black, or oh, yeah, this is the twelve. TJ and I both had the double oaked as our number ones. TJ and I both had the black as the number two. I had the seven year as my number three and the choice as my number four. TJ had the choice as his number three and the seven year old as his number four. Zeke went out on a limb here. He had black number one. He had the choice number two. He had the seven years number three. And the double oak is number four. So what we decided because of all of this, and we'll talk about tasting notes of these here in a second, but the one that we decided that moved on because it was the highest for all of us was the black. I know that TJ and I both had the double oak as our number one, but we did have the black as our number two. So because of that, we're going to go ahead and put the black forward. Do you guys agree? Any any? No, I, I, I didn't think the black was what it was, but I did rank it as my number one overall. So. But double oak, I don't know. I've yet to have a, a double oak. I enjoy. I don't know. I think it's I think it's a forcing, almost like whatever the uh, Cleveland people do where they, they claim they can age whiskey in an exponential amount of time. To me, the, the double oaking just seems to force nature almost. And on a front end, you, you can still detect young presences and then on the back end, you just get such a much more pronounced oak char bitterness that does not resonate to the youngness you get on the front end. You, you just it goes a complete one eighty, and there's no balance or just even flow to it. Literally anything I've had that's doubled oak, I, I, I get that for whatever reason. It just throws my whole palate off because you, you get day and night differences. You know, as it moves across the tongue. And and I wrote that down. For me, the bitterness on the, the finish of that double... I mean, let's talk about the double oak first. There was some bitterness on the finish, but I definitely... You know, it's like one of these things with all of them in this first round of four. I got... None of them are going to knock your socks off because they're all 86 proof and under. So you take that out of the equation because there are tasting notes that we could write across the board. We could say, these are all smooth, they all have caramel, and they all have vanilla. I think I did get some of that signature bean, peanut, nuttiness, candiness to it. The double oaked for me, the the change in that one was I could taste the oak more. Right? Right. So my notes on um, double oak were very simple. I wrote, love this, and old Charlie's caramel pie. Those those were the <clears throat> the two things that stood out to me. I, I didn't catch a lot on the finish or, or or anything like that. I just I just caught that it just it it was it was so good to uh, to be able to drink it and and first of all it's it's amazing to be able to drink it blind and you gain a whole new appreciation for it. I'm more concerned about this pie. <laughs> so can you tell us more about this pie? Have you never had the caramel pie at Old Charlie's? You know they have free pie Wednesday. You can go. Yeah. You can oh, go. Old Charlie. Yeah. Old Charlie. I old thought Charlie. he was talking. No, I, he said Old Charlie's. I thought he was yeah. talking about Old Charlie's. Like no, I'm like Old Charlie's free pie Wednesday. Yeah. I'm like, who's this Old Charlie guy? Is he down there in Spring Hill? 
Does it look like I missed an old Charlie's free pie Wednesday? They don't have old Charlie's in North John. No, they, I, I've been to plenty of old Charlie's. Look at me. Do you not think I've been to old Charlie's? I don't know. I thought he said old Charlie's. And then so begins the progression of John not understanding what Southern folks say. Well, bless his heart. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, slippery, it was a slippery slope going quick. Y'all, it was bound to happen. <laughs> <laughs> You knew it was going to happen, but let's move on to the other, the seven year. I, I didn't get a lot of notes on this one just besides it was smooth, right? Right. I, I got that it was smooth and it tasted kind of like um, um, Wilson's Leather Outlet. I don't know if you've ever been there. <laughs> yeah, we've been there. <laughs> yeah. And, and and the caramel seemed to come on, on the back end for that one to me. Yeah, there, there was a little bit of caramel on the back end. Zeke Wilson's leather outlet. They got one at Opry Mills. Dude, I totally missed three somehow. All I had was it was very thin, lots of char and bitter. And it was to the point where I originally thought that that was double oaked. Really? Indeed. The seven year. Yep. It's not often that Zeke and I are thrown for a loop, but Jim Beam, y'all have done it. Uh, let's talk about the black here. I, I thought black was surprisingly smooth for me. I know, you know, it's still only an 86 proof, but considering the realm where we're at 80 to 86 proof, it had a slight spice, but it was overwhelmingly smooth. I got that caramel on there. The caramel was definitely present on the finish, but the first thing where it hits your palate, it's almost smooth and then gives way to the slight spice and caramel that's in there. It almost kind of is a, um, it's like a trick bourbon. Because you have it, and you think you think it's going to be watery tasting, and then all of a sudden that flavor hits you at the end like a little bomb. Oh yeah, it, you know it, it hugs you, and 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 everything I had on it, I wrote light after the end of it. Light peanuts, light char, finish long but light. But but what I didn't write on there is, is getting the hug out of that. You know, it was it was the one I got the biggest hug out of, but it was not an, an offensive or overbearing. Uh, hug in a sense if those are what you think are hugs those are more side hugs to me but yeah it's definitely a church hug you know that one-armed <laughs> hug you know how's your mom and them but peace be with you yeah yes peace be with you <laughs> zeke what'd you get on that one <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the name for for light kisses it's not is it pillow kisses an eskimo kiss no not there's nothing related to an eskimo here a pillow kiss is something like it's the light version of a kiss. I keep yeah, a pillow kiss or, or something like that. Well, how do you how do you kiss your Eskimo brothers? I've never kissed an Eskimo brother. We just high fived and kept going. <laughs> <laughs> For the black, um, I really just wrote down that it had more bite than the first. And for the first, which was a green label, not jumping around, but I picked up corn and barley. I had corn or less prominent than the barley, and then as it moved across towards the back. You know, a light, easy taster. And so with that, that's kind of where my deduction was of, all right, the two smoothest here, and at least in my mind, were not going to be double oak for sure, just because I'm prejudiced against it. Whatever black I've never had, I didn't know, but I felt like the more aged seven-year discontinued product would probably just, generally speaking, be something that was a really solid drinker. So that's where the mind was and charcoal filtering, mellowing things out. I felt like if two was a more pronounced version of one, and those are my two favorites, then the charcoal would have been the, the less pronounced and the one would have been the seven. But 
That was just where my mind was going. I didn't follow that, but I'm going to believe you. That's possible. I was just thinking in my head while you were talking about all that. I mean, does anybody not just think about Pearl Jam when when they say Jim Beam Black? No. I just think like, she won't hear she won't Nope. No? Nope. I know P.J. listen to Pearl Jam. I think it's a lot more country. Uh, I know, I know that. Uh, uh, I think Eddie Vedder is in Pearl Jam, but outside of that, um, well, nobody, I know that he sings kind of like he's got a mouthful of cotton balls. But nobody you know. else knows anybody else in the band besides Eddie Vedder. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it was kind of the Eddie Bur- Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam. You know, I mean, the whole song was like, oh, <laughs> black. Yeah, that is black. Hmm. Interesting. So Black moved on. I think the moral of the story is Zeke and I don't know Beam like TJ knows Beam. TJ, give yourself a pat on the back and have yourself a crystal burger. We are channeling our inner Grease, our friend from the podcast, who you guys should go check out at thepodcast.com. But we are channeling our inner Grease and having a sack full of crystal burgers tonight because Andy was hungry and we all gave him money to go get us food while we drank whiskey. A decent trade. It was a decent trade. I'll do it again. The one thing on choice, which did we talk about choice? I can't remember. Zeke talked about choice, but I didn't really disagree with him. The the, the only thing I got on choice I think he didn't is, is on the back end and I tasted it until the cup was empty because I thought my mind was playing tricks on me. Was I got almost kind of a, a, a thick, black, unsweet tea on the back end of that, which I never got when I tasted it when it wasn't blind, but... I got kind of that tea leaf kind of bitterness on the back end of an unsweet tea, which all unsweet tea is bitter to me. Uh, it might not be to you, John, but but to me. Oh, it's, it's trust a, me. I've been down here long uh, enough where I know sweet tea and unsweet tea. I know my wife is going to listen to this, so, but, so I'll say, you know, unsweet tea is really a sin when you're south of the Mason-Dixon line. Unsweet tea is ETL. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. TJ drinks unsweet tea. <laughs> See, you you never know what the heck Eddie Vedder was saying. Oh yeah, it's, he, uh, he I'm pretty sure he was kind of James Brown. You know, he would <laughs> finish everything. What up? What up? Ha! And they would go, yeah. Although nothing beats the scene in Rocky Four where James Brown is doing "Living in America" before Ivan Drago fights Apollo Creed. No, Zeke's looking at me like I you quit know, watching around about. Rocky Two. Man, John lost <laughs> me right there. I will say I did watch the, the that Rocky remake a few years ago on the, a flight to Amsterdam, which coincidentally, I honestly think we bought a handle of Jim Bean and Duty Free. And they give it to you on the plane, even though you're not supposed to drink it. Well, I mean, you can't watch Rocky flying to Amsterdam at 25. I'm telling you, Rocky Fort, Rocky Fort is my favorite Rocky out of all of them. I guess it's been six. It was the remake, that first remake. Yeah, and Rocky Five, we forget. Is even there? We all throw out Rocky Five. Stallone throws out Rocky Five, but but Rocky Four, where Apollo dies after fighting Ivan Drago, Rocky single handedly goes to this cabin in Siberia and oh, trains. Sit ups and stuff. Yeah, oh, no, I mean that's that. every Rocky, but but at the end of it, he stops the Cold War single handedly. With his speech where he goes, if I can change, and if you can change, then we all can change. That line single-handedly stopped the Cold War. 
Interesting. TJ's looking at me like I'm not touching this one. You know, I, I was going to say it's hard to tell if Reagan took notes from Sylvester Stallone or, or Stallone took notes from Reagan for that speech. I, I don't know. It doesn't sound like Gorbachev te- tear down that wall. I still like Tupac changes the best, I think. That that came out after he died, though. Changes? Yeah. What? Yeah, that came out on the double album that was posthumous to his death. Sorry, I was a big Tupac guy. It was a big deal. I was a little kid, and I'm sorry to show my age, but it was a big deal when that came out. I remember at least two of my older brothers going out to pick that up. Tupac or Rocky Four? No, no, the, the Tupac album. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on here. We we now have our top three, and that is going to be Jim Beam Black. It is going to be the Jim Beam Signature Craft 12-Year-Old Bourbon and the Jim Beam Distiller's Cut. So what we're going to do here is what we normally do. We're going to take a break. We are going to have these blind. Andy is pouring new blinds as we speak, and then we're going to come back and we are going to drink these, tell you what we think about them, see what our guesses are. Hopefully, TJ's going to finally get one wrong. But Zeke, go ahead and play that beautiful bean footage. Ha! Living in America! Ha! 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 All right, and we are back. We had a lot to drink over the course of the night. We just had three bourbons. We had the Jim Beam Black, the Jim Beam Signature Craft 12-Year, and the Distiller's Cut. All of these were poured by Andy. I want to say, Andy, thank you very much for pouring these blinds for us. No problem. Now, was that hard to keep them all you know, together? Not really. I just kind of figured out my own little system, and it went pretty good. Now, we're keeping you from the bar tonight, right? Yeah. So how how are you doing with all of that? Because you don't seem to be having a good time. It'll be all right. I get five more days. Five more days at the bar? Hopefully. <laughs> so isn't this like being at the bar? Uh, I guess alcohol-wise, not the same environment. Is it terrible because you can't drink because you're driving your brother home? Oh, it's the worst. But... <laughs> There's a promise here that you're going to get a couple of these bottles that we were drinking, right? Yeah. Do you think your brother's going to come through? He's usually a man of his word. So what do you normally like drinking? Maker's Mark. So you're a big Maker's guy. Now, Maker's, TJ, enlighten the folks a little bit because Maker's was owned by Beam. Right. And and there's a little bit of a tie in there, right? The Samuels lived down the road from the Beams, if that's that's what you mean. They all lived in it. But they were under the same company umbrella. Oh, yeah. They were under the same company umbrella as early as 2011, uh, before they were Beam Suntory. Now, interesting thing you might not know about Makers, it was not actually Bill Samuels who decided to dip the bottle in red wax. It was his wife, Marge Samuels, who decided to dip the bottle in the red wax as well as put the SIV on the bottle. The SIV was actually there because she thought that they were the fourth generation of Samuel's distillers. He was actually the sixth. So fun fact, there is a typo on every single bottle of Makers that they have just kept there this whole time. So you can use that at the bar now. 
that you can pick up the ladies with that That's line. a good pickup line. I'm pretty, sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a really good pickup line of somewhere about dipping something in wax. <laughs> yeah, that's right on the money right there. Well, we just wanted to take a second and say thank you very much for doing these blinds. You are better than Price Waterhouse Coopers at the Oscars because there is an envelope that has the winners of these three blinds or the order of these three blinds that is sitting in the middle of the table. Can you attest right now that we have not seen what is in this this envelope? No, they have not. Okay, so so he's going to be here. You can go back to doing whatever you were doing. I just want to pick on you for a second, but thank you. He's lining up no for the bar. He is. He's getting, <laughs> he's getting ready to go back to the bar. You tell people you've been on a podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do here is we are going to go through, we are going to say what we think each one of these is, then we're going to rank them. And then we'll talk about the notes on it. So, TJ, you are the guest. You go first. We all had the same order because Andy poured. So, what, what do you think they were? So, um, number one, I thought it was a 12-year-old. There there was a almost a, a... Don't go into the notes too much. Okay. Okay. Just, just give me 12-year-old for number one. 12-year-old for number one. Number two, I thought was the distiller's cut. Um, and number three, I, I thought was the black. This this was a lot tougher than the, the first time around. So I agree. I agree with you that twelve year old was number one. I had the black as number two, and I had the distillers cut as number three. Zeke, would you? I had craft one, distillers two, black as three. After some tastings, I decided to stick with the nose. So I am the only one who switched up the black and the distillers cut. In my order of liking them, I put three, one, two. So I said I like the distiller's cut first is what I thought it was, right? I, I like my number three first, my number one second, and my number two third. What do you have? What I thought was the distiller's cut number two, I listed as number one. Um, number three, I listed as number two, which I thought was the black. And number three, I thought was the 12. Zeke, what, what order did you have? Mm. I him and hauled actually on this for a bit. Um, and it's still a toss-up. Three, which I thought was black, even though it tricked me as being one on the first round. Uh, I actually had it as three. Um, two, one, three. I'll go with that. So we're all wrong. Really? Well, we, two, one, three, that's, that's my preference. Yes, no, but I'm saying we're all wrong with our guesses. Oh. <laughs> Number one was black. Number two was the signature craft. And number three was distiller's cut. So I got number three right with the distiller's cut. But I think both of you got them both wrong. This right? one was hard. I mean, they, they were they were all good. And it was hard to pick. And it was really hard to tell the difference between the two. Or between the three. Andy's so sad he's over there coughing up a storm that he's not in the bar right now. Is that, Do they have bars down in Chapel Hill? No, no. You typically have to go further south to Lewisburg or, or down to Pulaski, which I don't advise, or, or go further north to Nashville. So you had 12 is number one, Distillers Cut is number two, and Black is number three, right? Right. So you guys, it's not often, Zeke, he, he's quiet, he's pensive. It's not often this happens. This kind of rocks his world. 
Yeah, I went two one three. Yeah, which I think surprised me the most, simply because granted it was a while back, but when we had, when we had the distillers cut, I mean, I think I polished off half three quarter of it during that show. Maybe. I know it was my bottle. It was, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got the distillers cut right, and I I flip flop the black and the twelve year. I think if anything, for me, this proves, I mean, that that 12-year is a 39 to 49.99 bottle. It proves to me how good the Jim Beam offerings are in that $20 to $25 range when you look at the Black and Distiller's Cut. And and if that proves anything, I mean, Zeke, the way you had it when you had 213, now you had the signature as your number one. And and you had what what order did you have then TJ for order of liking? I had uh, number three or wait a minute. I had number two as number one. So both of you liked that thirty nine to forty nine ninety nine Jim Beam as your number one. I think I'm learning a couple things from this. I'm learning that you two are probably spirit animals. You have very similar nose palates, taste preferences. I knew that Zeke and I would be opposite because that's typical for us. But the other thing here that I think I'm noticing is that it's surprising to me how well that black does. Even the way that you guys had this going, people talk about the double oaked and it's don't sleep on the black. I think that old Jim Beam black label kind of threw people for a loop. It kind of looked like that red stag label for a while. I think you can't sleep on the black one, right? You, you can't. You can't ignore it. And, and I don't know if, if we can keep this in the show, but I talked with one of the Beam representatives earlier last week, and uh, he said, you know, when they go out on the town, he was he was shocked the first time he went out how many people ordered black instead of a Booker's or, or something like that, you know, and that was just their their go to bottle or go to drink. I take it back. You're not getting to take the black home. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Zeke, you're you're very quiet over there. What are you? Well, I'm just looking at notes and and thinking in my head and and rationalizing things to see uh, what hints may or may not have been missed on. I think for me, the way I could identify the distiller's cut. Let's go there first, and that one was number three. You know, it was very sweet. That nougat peanut taste is present for me, and the finish lingers. That signature for me, I thought that one was sweeter than all the rest, and it was almost too sweet for me. I liked that distiller's cut because it was a nice balance of the heat with the sweet. It was sweet spice, caramel, vanilla. I had a medium finish on that, and what I thought was the 12-year, but was actually the black, I said it is super smooth with a slight spice. I was surprised the spice I was getting while it was still smooth. The finish is older, but not over-oaked. It tastes like a mature bourbon that has its stuff together like it was graduating college. Like it's, it's prepared to go out in the real world, but it's learned everything it can. There's no need. I, I mean, I almost think that one is aged perfectly, that black. It tastes like it's really in that sweet spot and it's really honed in. I think if you were to age that black longer, it wouldn't taste as good. I think it really hit its stride right there. You know, it, it's it's hard to compare because it's not right here next to each other. But <clears throat> I was really devastated the first time I popped a fresh bottle of, of the black 
uh, that didn't have an age statement on it. I, I'd had a, a couple of bottles of the eight-year-old black, but um, this tasting has really changed my mind on uh, the way I view the non-age stated black label. Totally agree. You know, look at the notes for the first one. Nose-wise, had some alcohol, sweet cinnamon, uh, mallows, and marshmallow. Not mellow, but similar. Uh, a brandy sweet palate was enjoyable. Very light profile, balanced like corn, light rye again, much more mallow. Finish uh, light and smooth, hint of rye. And which granted, the black is 86 proof. I think what tipped the scale on me towards more of the craft and even the proofs are day and night difference uh, was just some of those uh, you know Knob Creek picks that are. You know, a little higher in age, and some of those just are such a cinnamon bomb. The, the cinnamon I got out of that—that's what led me to that uh, thought process. Second one, which turned out to be the craft nose-wise, I thought it reminded me of either cheap red or brandy wine, uh, cheer wine soda, maybe. Never hmm, came across well. Palate, medium amount of uh, alcohol coming off of it. Char. Bitterness showed up pretty quick, some rye kick, um, and then just more char, some barley toward the back, and it kind of mollowed out as it was going down. Finished, there was a spice left, but it wasn't a hug. It was just that tingle in the mouth, which, like I say, kind of let me think otherwise on that one. Three, what turned out to be distiller's cut, I thought that it had a similar nose to the craft, but it definitely had a much more rye presence and kick palate lots of barley some bitter uh, as it sat it seemed to have more bitter but uh, it worked into a decent viscosity which that was the only one of the three with that finish i just put meh not the spices too um but it had a the mouthfeel presence of so you you were waiting on it but it never showed up so to speak i i could see all that Number one, which I thought was 12 and turned out to be the black, I got kind of a leather and oak candle, which uh, I spent a little bit of time at Cracker Barrel, um, you know, and that was that was a, a popular candle there. I, I got kind of that on the nose in, in a pleasant manner, not an offensive one. Now, on the palate, um, I got uh, cocoa powder, which I did not get the first time, almost like that uh, Nestle's. The scoop co- stuff. Maybe. The scoop stuff, you know, with the rabbit on it. I, I forget the name of it. And uh, um, this time on the finish, I thought it was uh, a medium finish where I listed it long the first time. Number two, I thought was Distiller's Cut, which turned out to be Signature. Uh, the nose was, was kind of a, a high alcohol burn to me. Uh, and it tasted like char and peanut M&M's with a um, long spice finish that kind of uh, finished abruptly. Y'all uh, make it sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and number three, which I thought was the black, I was I was sure that was the only one I was sure of. I thought it was light and thin and had kind of a hard caramel, off-brand Werther's caramel. If you if you had those thrifty grandmothers, um, oh everybody has. Oh yeah, yeah. Werther's are everywhere with uh, mm-hmm. with with older people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you missed. He said the thrifty off-brand. He snuck it in. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, and, I heard it. And a short but pleasant finish. They were all good. I, I love Now, that. not to cut you off. Sure. But did you think, going into this, did you think you were going to like the black the best, and that's why you automatically assigned it to the one that you liked the most? 
I didn't actually. I I, I listed black as is my least favorite. Um, no, he said he didn't like blacks, so and they took the age statement off. No, but I'm saying what you thought number three. What number three? I listed as number two. I thought it was the black, um, and I, I was surprised. I thought that the Stiller's cut was was number one, um, but it turned out to be the signature. So signature was my number one. Um, and in the store, I tell folks, you know, that well, I don't tell them anymore because we don't have it. But the twelve year old is everything that uh, being white label wants to be when it grows up. You know, it's 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 got the longer finish and, and the more intricities to it. Closing this out, I think we've all been here for a while. TJ has to work in the morning. I have to work in the morning. I don't know if Zeke has to work in the morning, <laughs> but I get there when I get there. <laughs> but would you would you think you would you still buy all of these? I mean, knowing the prices that they are, you have black and distillers cut twenty five and under. You're going to get that signature at thirty nine to forty nine. Would you still buy all these, or would you? Oh, oh, absolutely. You know, Beam, I tell people, is kind of like Elvis. They might not have been the first one to do what they did, but uh, they, damn it, they did it well. Yeah. Zeke, what about you? I need some clarification here. So on two, you said it was a, a mix of a chard and a peanut M&M. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't eaten a fair amount of M&Ms all the time. Doesn't look at you, bastard. There's dark chocolate <laughs> ones. There's peanut butter ones. They even have that malted one now. Mm-hmm. So exactly where does that rank amongst the actual M&Ms that are available? I, I need to so, discern this. So, so let, let, let me break it down. The char I got on the front end and the peanut M&M seem to come on the back end towards the finish uh, of the palate. Yeah, so I mean, at least to me, I think of char as dark chocolate. Yes. Peanuts is peanuts, oh, yes. and obviously there's there's a malted context to it. Mm-hmm. So, so what what hybrid of those three that are out there are you putting with this? So, so I, I, I got to pack all three and put, you know, a certain number, each one in my hand, throw them back. We'll see what happens. I got um, dark chocolate uh, on the front end. And then as it, as it got closer to the finish, I got that peanut M&M, that kind of maltiness that you talked about. Then it went on into the, uh, the bit of a spice finish. So how many do I need of, of those three in my hand to get this flavor? You need the dark chocolate and the peanut, and you'll be spot on. Evens? Yeah, yeah, two of each. Right. Two of each. <laughs> Are you all just messing with me at this point? <laughs> I, I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> I don't know if he's messing with you or if he's messing with me by talking to you. We should and, spend more time at Elixir as, as, as we do, and you'll get these fun notes and a, a good time. The one thing I will say <laughs> is I probably, after doing this, I would probably skip over the craft. And I would rather buy black and the distiller's cut for the price of the craft. I'd take both of those bottles over one of the bottle of the craft. Yeah, that's double, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would still have a great time with those two. I mean, I still love the, the craft. Don't get me wrong. But I think I would have just as good a time with those other two as I would with the craft. Easily. I, I would agree with that. You know, before I before I drank these blind, I thought that the twelve year old was was kind of the holy grail. But I'll say one more thing. Can you imagine if they came out with the signature craft now in the height of the bourbon boom, the hysteria it would cause as opposed to releasing? I don't know if it was four or five years earlier. Can you imagine the stir it would cause if they released that stuff now? Imagine if they came out with like an eighteen year. Oh man, people would lose their mind. 
they got enough, they got enough proof though. <clears throat> oh yeah, eighty eighty six doesn't excite anybody anymore. Well, you know, you, you can you can still have a good time with eighty six proof. You just got to drink more of it. Well, that's all right. <laughs> well, so, so closing this one out, though, what you what you learn, TJ? I mean, out of this whole experience, you've listened to us. We're really not that exciting. I think you probably learned that being in person with us. But what did you learn from the experience and, and this bourbon that you love so much actually drinking it blind? Well, uh, I learned you really have to park your, your assumptions at the door uh, when you when you go in. Uh, to drink this stuff that's that's the thing about being that, that i tell people over and over is is that it, you can't talk bad about it uh, if you haven't tried it and i know you won't talk bad about it after you've tried it you know <laughs> <laughs> well we certainly appreciate you coming on we hope that this is not the only time you come on we would love to have you on again uh maybe this has to be a once a month thing zeke and and <laughs> Go down to Elixir Spirit, see our friend Tarak, see TJ. TJ's the one who looks like an Irish farmer. He's got a <laughs> scally cap on and a big old red beard and a pair of overalls. It's like this dichotomy of, I want to ask you where your lucky charms are, and I also want to you know, ask you how the corn's doing this year. Well, it's simple. The lucky charms are at Elixir. If you haven't come, you'll find them when you get there. Oh, that's right down there at Elixir. <laughs> it's magically delicious. <laughs> so, TJ, we really appreciate you having you here. Uh, you know, we had about three bourbons, and, and uh, we had about four before that. But, uh, Zeke, anything you want to say before we close? Cheers. Have fun, as always. Test yourself in some way, shape, form, or fashion. You never know what you don't know until you don't know it. And before I go ahead and close out, follow TJ on Instagram at morebeam for me. Go ahead and see him at Elixir Spirits. Follow us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Follow us on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Twitter at Bourbon Dads. Listen to our podcast on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, all your favorite podcast providers. Go ahead and find us. Make sure you leave us a five-star review, but also leave a review. Tell us what you like about us. If you don't like us, send me a private message. Send Zeke a private message. Tell us what you don't like. We're going to try and make it better. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? I'm going to punt the TJ on this one. Spring Hill, Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) All y'all have a great night. Come down and see us down in Spring Hill, Tennessee. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Ciao. Slangevar. So yeah.